Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, November 6, 2022. Hello, I'm John Vanderbilt, the executive pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, executive director of Naomi's House. I'm Kelly Brady, and I serve as senior pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Next Level Podcast. Good morning. Good morning, all. It's a little Hello. weird to be here on Tuesday together. We had a delay. We did. Monday. We want to be here on Voter Day. <laughs> on I poll. think it's called Election Day. Sorry. <laughs> voter Day. <laughs> <laughs> I already voted. <laughs> Good for you. Was it crowded at all? Well, I voted two weeks ago. Oh, okay. I oh, did the early go. voting. You did too? I early in I person at the fairgrounds. Get regret. I regret that I didn't early vote because now I feel pressure. I got to make it today. I got to find time. Anthony, my husband, will shame me if, if I don't. don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Who are you going to vote for? All of them. You know, you can. <laughs> all the people. <laughs> Everybody's can, a winner. You can vote. Uh, I think. It, this is true. I shouldn't. Well, it's over. People won't listen it, to don't this. Don't worry. Yeah. I've, already, I've already said it's voter day. So. You can vote at any poll place in Illinois now. You don't have to go to the one. Oh, to John, please yeah. don't confuse me. Okay. I've already, I have, you got it on I have instructions. <laughs> you got what it on I'm supposed to do. Do not confuse me or it's not going to happen. Yeah. The whole. Hey, more importantly, did y'all see that the $1.9 billion Powerball. Oh. Is drawing didn't take place. Yeah, and it's they're so, waiting this morning. They want to sell more tickets, right? Isn't is that, that what no? It is? No. So uh, there was apparently a power outage in one of the states. So forty-eight states oh, participate, wow. and there was a power outage, so they couldn't secure. But you can still buy tickets for it today, right? No, I don't think so. Oh, they're time stamped for yesterday. Oh, and so okay. if you've got, you hold the tickets and. Interesting. We'll announce the results next week on the Next Level Podcast. <laughs> right now, Kelly is sharing this because Kelly has a, a slight thought in his mind that he might win. He's thinking that he might win. Do, do you guys ever buy tickets? You do? Yeah. Well, do you only buy it when it gets like this high? Yeah. It's like, okay. Just for cheese. Just when the odds yeah, are right. more yes. and not in your favor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One, in, I have a better chance of walking out of the building and getting struck by lightning. Yeah. There's statistically like, like, true. On a sunny day. Like a, <laughs> a, sunny day, like a exactly. huge statistical advantage to getting struck by <laughs> right, lightning. Yeah. It's over one in 300 million. Yeah. It's so crazy. I, I, visit, I got you to have visit some family this weekend, <laughs> and um, the size of the Powerball sparked the conversation. Uh, so yeah. what, what would you do? It's uh, a fun yeah. conversation yeah. to you hear have, different You peoples. have a spreadsheet, don't you? <laughs> what he would do? No, yeah. no, it's like oh, it's yeah. like percentages. Oh yeah, he just type whatever the Powerball exactly number how is. I would give the money away. He mm. types in the Powerball mm. number at the top, mm. and then the Excel spreadsheet just divides it all up like mm. by the percentage, no matter what. <laughs> First of all, I have no spreadsheet skills whatsoever. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's true. There. <laughs> that's true. It's but a it, Word document. A word you have doc. to retype uh, in everything. Bless. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, do, is it? Do you, any of you have anything that you, you know? lifelong thing that you're like, yeah, if I had that, I would do this like right away. It's funny. I've talked with my kids about it yeah. and the things that they say are so <laughs> funny. Well, I'd get like Jordan ones. Like, <laughs> no, you could buy Jordan. <laughs> you would like, own the man. The whole company. Like all of them. Like all of Jumpman could be That's yours. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, really. How fun would it be to give all that money away and do mm -hmm. some? I wonder, here's what I wonder. I wonder if, if you walked away, let's say with 
What would it be? The take home would be about a billion bucks. If you walk, you, you know way too yeah. much about this. If you walked out with a with a billion, I wonder what nonprofits would not receive the money as donations. I'll tell you right now, Naomi's house would. <laughs> so. Oh, because it was earned right. in a Powerball. Right, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, now oh, you yeah. now it's yours. Oh man, so it's coming from Kelly Brady. I welcome Satan's it. had that money Dude, long redeem, enough. Redeem that stuff. Satan's man. had that money long enough. Give it to Dude. it. I would give that money away. The kingdom. The, the whole. I've already. I have. You really think? Yes. Organizations what? that wouldn't take the money. Yeah. Sure. Oh, huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Should that we be your clear brain about Glen Ellen Bible? Wouldn't take it versus. We take tickets. Well, some would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scratch off. Scratch offs. Whatever you got. We're good. <laughs> yeah. It would just be fun. My grandma yeah. used to say, "I would give." Every grandchild a million dollars. You're gonna get a million. You're gonna get a million. Well, good luck to all of you, <laughs> Kelly. I don't, I don't know. I don't like. I felt lame because everyone had this like well thought through response. I it's like I don't know. I, I guess I would take some time mm-hmm. off and. Dude, that money would There's be some places so I'd like to see. Did you say I take some time off? No, bro, you quit. I, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't quit. I see that's You're I would done. not want to quit. Yeah. You I, have to. Yeah. No one would it, it would disqualify me? No, it wouldn't disqualify you, but I mean, it would put you in a very weird spot to lead the church well, and now have, I don't want to win. Then have a billion dollars in your yeah. back pocket. No, but see, I would give it away. All of it? Yeah. You'd give all billion dollars well, away. I have like, a college. You, would, college, you wouldn't keep any of the money. I would keep very little. <laughs> but very yeah, little is like 50 yeah. million. <laughs> Pay for your salary. You like, know, one, like 1% your salary. you'd keep? Yeah. I'd be... give 99% away. <laughs> yeah. But so it'd be you, interesting. I had that debate with Sherry. Would it be disqualifying to win? I, I mean, I don't think it'd be disqualifying. I just think it'd be strange. So you go to the church with the pastor that won the the, lar- the two billion dollar lottery. Right. <laughs> Giving just goes yeah, right. <laughs> dive bombs. <laughs> <laughs> You'd get a lot of uh, people coming forward for prayer on Sunday. <laughs> hey Kelly, I need to talk oh. to you about my. What about the Halpin household? Is there is there anything you would you guys would do just right with off the, the money? Bat? Well, just not like like first oh. thing, like not like what would you do with all the money? But, but well, like, what, you're is not going to believe me when I tell you what I, my very first thought really, truly was an endowment for Naomi's house so I could stop fundraising. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, great. Immediately, totally. that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. It would be so freeing just to have an endowment so that it funds itself. Well, Although see, there, I, it, oh, it, go ahead. It, there's value in fundraising though, in right. in the work of fundraising, yes. in in the shared effort. Yeah, so I'm sure somebody who is smarter than me could help me figure out how much yeah. to yeah. endow how do you do and how it? much yeah. to yeah. bring people yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, but this is like you all know. This is year end. This is a big crunch time. Wait, it's, what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got you, Christmas decorations on wh- the platform. What if right you now. paid off all the mortgages of everybody in the church? Yeah, okay, just, Oprah. Just stuff like that. <laughs> hey, everybody. You get a car. Yeah. And you get a car. Yeah. So how yeah. was Sunday? We've been here one good. week. I was online. Ironically, the, the passage that we talked about was uh, those who want to get rich quick fall into ver- uh, all types of temptations and perils. Yeah. Uh, so fight that. He says, uh, you, a man of God, flee from all these things and live content. He says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, hope, and love. And so um, it's interesting to start with a Powerball discussion. Sunday was fun. I, it was good. Becca did a good job leading. The band did a really good job. And people sang out. And mm-hmm. 
It was encouraging for me. Yeah. yeah. Is it okay if I share about my family who came? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my brother and his wife, my sister-in-law and their two kids came and they don't typically go to church. Um, my sister-in-law is Jewish and just recently has been kind of more on a journey to explore her faith and what that looks like for her. So she's been going to the synagogue in her, they live in New Jersey. Uh, and when you bring guests to church, maybe it's, I don't think it's just me, but you're a little bit more sensitive yeah. to, I actually, <laughs> I won't even tell you, but I texted someone the night before and said, who's leading communion? Like I really was like, because there is an exclusivity to, to communion that can, that is kind of um, articulated. And I just didn't want them to take that wrong and think of another reason not to like believers, although they do like believers because I'm one, they like me. So anyway, um, <laughs> it was just a, it was, it was one of those moments where I definitely had a surrender of my own control. Trust, yeah, right? yeah really, really. Tr- and I, we totally left the decision up to them, but because they are, you know, we're close as family, they said, well, we want to be a part of your everyday life. So this That's is your everyday awesome. life. Let's go. Very so, cool. And very cool. I thought his communion was fantastic. It was incredible. I was like, where is he going Especially with, with what you're talking about. Totally. <laughs> wow. Totally. And I actually shared this with Kelly earlier, but one of the neatest parts was how often Kelly mentioned giving throughout the service was <laughs> my brother, who's, you know, in business and whatnot. And uh, after the service at brunch, he said, I noticed how often your pastor talked about giving. And I kind of repeated something Kelly said about, well, did you hear him say where your money is, is where your heart is. And it's typically a, a congregation that has the ability to give. And so he's constantly reminding people to not fall into that trap. And my brother thought like this was the most mind blowing truth he had ever heard. It was almost like he'd never thought about that before, oh, that cool. your heart follows where your money is. So that was cool to watch him That's awesome. kind of digest that a little bit. So do they listen to the podcast? I don't think so, but hi, if you do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah anyway. it, was, it was a fun Sunday morning. Yeah. We had a, a 20 folks in overflow again, mm-hmm. which wow, um, we're trying to figure out how to manage all that. Yeah. So there, there's more space in first service. So if you're listening and you, you're typically a second service attender, but you have the freedom to attend first service, we'd encourage you to do that. It'd be a great way to serve the church by moving to first service, uh, freeing up some spots in second service. All right. Well, let's get into some of these questions. All right, first one. Uh, I'm probably a passive Christian. I don't feel very active in the fight. But as I, as I think about the list you put up on the screen, it feels overwhelming to me. That's part of the problem. Where should I start fighting? Yeah, to the question, where should I start fighting, I would ask um, kind of a follow-up question. Where do you want more victories? Or where are you tired of suffering defeats? How would you like to grow? Uh, spiritually speaking. Uh, And then I would just pick one of the lists. So if I wanted to grow in boldness, then I would, I would learn to sing with greater volume during congregational worship. There is something about singing and I'm not a great singer. Every now and then I can hit the right note, but it emboldens you to, to sing. And so if I want Want to grow in boldness in my faith, I'd sing louder. If I want to grow with intimacy with God, I'd pray. If I want to grow in selflessness, if I felt like I'm a fairly self-centered person, then I would increase my service. I'd find some place to serve. If I want to grow in connection, I'd make sure I did not miss a Sunday worship service, or and I'd get involved in a small group. If I want to grow in assurance, 
then I'd, I'd start sharing my faith with others. There is a, an assurance that comes the more we open our mouth and talk about Jesus in the public sector. Uh, if I want to grow in compassion, I would, I would start bearing other people's burdens, listening to people and, and, and offering to, to care. And if I want to grow in joy, then I would, I'd start a thankfulness list and monitor it daily. If I want to grow in freedom, then I would pick some sins that I want to put to death, and I would give my wholehearted attention to saying no to those sins. If I want to grow in peace, I'd confess my sins to somebody on a more regular basis. If I want to grow in contentment, then I would give more money away. That's a great list. Mm-hmm. Give, me, give me, can you give us uh, a step one, step two, step three for like freedom? If you want to put like, Okay, so great. If I if someone's listening and they're like, "Man, I want to put this sin to death." If you've got a like, sin that okay, you Okay, now what? Yeah. Now what? Yeah, so let's just take lust. Lust is a historic sin that I run to. It's um it's you know, we all have our favorite sins. Uh, the ancients talked about it. Uh, the the church father said the besetting sin, the sin that you kind of you know, everybody has their their sin of comfort, the one that So, uh, it's been interesting with lust. Lust is an appetite, uh, and it's not dissimilar to the appetite for food. Um, you can satiate it for a little while, but then it comes back again. You following me? So one of the ways that I've learned to battle lust is through fasting. So as I learn to uh, master my, my appetite for food, then I grow in my mastery. I learn to to discipline my body, and, sec- and lust is a, is, a, is a bodily, it's something we need to, uh, to uh, discipline bodily. So uh, Lewis actually was the one who suggested this, uh, and who, from whom I learned it. Um, and a lot of people talk about, with lust, it's, um, we have to, if we can learn self-control in another area, then it often transfers to this area where we're lacking control. Um, I have a friend who says, you can't get there from here. I mean, it's in order to defeat uh, this particular uh, temptation, an appetite-driven temptation, then learn mastery in another area, and you'll find greater freedom will be transferred to this, this area. Yeah. There's also, you know... Um, with regard to sin, um, there are cycles of shame and um, when we fail. And so there are some other disciplines that free us from those cycles of shame one, and bring us freedom. And so uh, putting to death has also, for me, um, involved um, addressing the shame. That, that is felt and, and breaking free of the cycle of, I'm never going to do this again. Darn it, I did it again. Stink, I suck. You know, I'm, I'm not a very good uh, godly man. And just that whole cycle, how to get out of that. And one of the ways to get out of that is through confession. And, and sitting across from another um, brother or sister in the faith and, and them ministered to you and you hearing from them, there is no sin that Christ's blood won't cover. And just the ministry of the gospel message and, and not letting that shame take root again and getting out of that cycle and saying, you know, and learning and hearing from others that, 
that uh, you don't have to submit to that. I had a brother in Christ, you know, text me recently just saying it's a hard day for temptation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we just texting prayers back and forth. And uh, so one of the ways to break out of it is to invite others to bear your burdens. And yeah. And just to define the fight again, it is for faith. Wasn't that the um, scripture you referenced at the beginning yeah. of the service from First Timothy? Yeah, First Timothy two. So it's not like I was wondering as you were preaching if you were going in a direction of like fighting for certain issues or well, things, but it, this is more about the fight for our own sanctification. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. <clears throat> I think I think I'm on the same page. Mm-hmm. What are we f- like? These are fights. Uh, seems like a lot of the fighting that you mentioned here is the flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of our battle against the sin that will swallow us up. I mean, we're talking specifically about the besetting sin, but then you know, growing in intimacy with other like. But on Sunday, you, you also talked about kind of the fight out there. Yes. Like a, a fighting of evil out there, but then also the battle against our own So there's overlap. Own flesh. So it's hard. Yeah. It's 1 Timothy 6. Let me just read it to you. 1 Timothy 6, 11, but you, man of God, flee from all this. And the fleeing, the context is a love of money. Mm. Don't get caught up in it. So it's, there's no irony in the fact we talk about the lotto and how easily we are swept up into, if we only had that, all our problems would be solved. And the truth is, no, no. Uh, Paul's really clear it's a root of all kinds of evil in our life. We have to be very careful with our money, and we are, in fact, very wealthy people. That it's, it's, so we need to flee from that. And then he says pursue, and he names pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And then he says fight the good fight of faith. And so there's, there's some symmetry between the pursuing of these things, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and endurance, gentleness. That is a part of the fight. Mm-hmm. That's what we're, we're, we're fighting our own flesh, but there is some overlap because culture provokes our flesh, yeah, the, right. the, the culture we live yeah. in. So, and then is that getting at it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think there's one, you know, if you, um, <clears throat> if you're a passive Christian and you don't feel like you're active in the fight. Okay. So I could start to, you know, I want to be more bold. So I'm, I'm going to sing. I want, I want to grow in intimacy. I want to, you know, I'm going to give more. I'm going to do all that. Well, you could also, you know, start um, serving at Naomi's house. Yes, absolutely. And start fighting the some of the the you know the that would kill a couple of, birds with with a one stone. Right? right. I mean, I actually think you know one of the ways that we start to actively engage with the fight is to help those who um, are in a different place than we are. Yeah, Keep our eyes off ourselves. Yeah, and then we definitely. But then we also have this benefit, you know, we talk about it at the care center, right? Like there's this mutual serve that's happening where, you know, there's something we bring, but there's also something that people that we're aiming to serve bring. And there's this collective, you know, kind of growth and learning and um, service together. Mm So anyway. Another way you put it on Sunday, I think, was asking the question if we're active or passive in God's gifts for mm-hmm, us, mm-hmm. which also feels like it's both of what we're talking about. It's like this process of sanctification, tr- like striving to be like Christ, mm-hmm. r- realizing that there are things that we, like you said it so many times, that we're active in 
growing in this process. That's mm-hmm. not just, we're not puppets. Right. right? Am I confusing this? No, you got it. No, no, you got it. Wait, last week? But so there is, it is this tension, but in a, in a beautiful way of mm-hmm. taking necessary disciplinary steps and growing in your Christ-likeness. Yeah, it's God who's at work in us, mm-hmm. now get to mm-hmm. work. I mean, right. that's exactly what Paul says. Right. And then there's fruit from that, yes. right? And the fruit would be serving, possibly, or giving, or, mm-hmm. or but it is kind of all... I don't know. I just appreciate the question. I think it's it shows the heart of this person saying, I don't know. I'm not maybe feeling like I'm involved in the fight. And so I like the the list that you gave. And it feels very inner focused yeah. where I know you also are intending to, to communicate. There is a level of serving others through it as well. So uh, world religions typically take one or two, one of two directions. They say, it's your responsibility to get it done. Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, run fast, jump high. If you want to go to heaven, you got to earn it. Yeah. Christianity is very, 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 very different. Christianity is saying we are saved by grace through faith alone, through what God's doing in us. Now get busy. Yeah. Yeah, And it's a very different message. God's at work in you and he empowers. Augustine had some Latin phrases for this. Let me see if I can find it, but not that we... Find it. It's so good. <laughs> Hang on, just a second. I mean, you're just, this is the gospel. It's so rich. All right, so pre-fall, Augustine said we're able to sin. So Garden of Eden, able to sin. Um, and then post-fall, uh, I'm sorry, uh, pre-fall, we're a- able to not sin. That's in the Garden of Eden, able to not sin. And then post-fall, so after the Garden of Eden, unable to not sin. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the situation we're born in. But then when we're born again, we're able to not sin. We can, he empowers us, he enables us. So I talked about the fruit of the Spirit, one of them being self-control, which is interesting that God gives us the ability to self-direct. So you could also, you could use the dead men analogy, Ephesians chapter two. You could say, we're dead in our sins, he brings us to life. Well, dead men don't make decisions. Mm -hmm. And so we see clearly here that God's bringing us to new life in Christ. Now we can make God-honoring decisions. And then when we're glorified, we're unable to sin in heaven. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good. Love it. All right, let's go to the next one. How would you respond to a Christian who would use this type of message to defend physical acts of violence or verbal acts of abuse towards people with whom they don't agree politically? Yeah. Whoa. It's interesting. uh, My wife works in District 200, Wheaton's Public Schools, and uh, there was some debate, you know, why are the schools closed on Election Day? I think this year is the first time. I could be wrong there, but it's newer in its... I think, yeah, it's first time. And some said, well, we want to empower the vote. We want people to get out to vote. We want everybody to be free to vote. But then there was some concern, well, if it, it, what if it were a violent day in our nation? Um, and that, that's a shame. I don't know if that's the cause or reason, but uh, uh, there has been some violence this year. You know, Nancy Pelosi's home was broken into and her husband was attacked and there were some other... Um, so... Paul's really clear. The Apostle Paul's really clear that our battle is not against people, but rather against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
And so our enemy is Satan, the demonic host, who are fighting against God's kingdom's purposes and attacking God's people. So when we attack others verbally or physically, that is not how the kingdom of God advances. The kingdom of God advances through self-sacrifice. You may remember that Jesus didn't even respond to those who arrested him and beat him. So they're in his face accusing him, and, and he doesn't. He's not provoked by it. He goes willingly to the cross and lays his life down. Now, some have said, well, Jesus picked up a whip, too, and he cleared the, cleansed the temple. But there, I would describe that more as of a policing action. He is Lord of the temple. He, that's his space. He owns that. He's, he is God of worship. And so when he does that, it's, it's a, from a position of authority. And, uh, of course, in my view, Christians can serve in, as policemen and soldiers. Uh, but the kingdom of God advances uh, through turning the other cheek, self-sacrifice, that type of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Did I draw mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. good distinction there? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard a, um, a pacifist argument that you felt was compelling? I have heard a pacifist who I thought was compelling. I haven't heard a pacifist argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I have one person in my life who is a, uh, a brilliant, godly <laughs> person who is a pacifist. Yeah. And I, I would, um, just his character alone, <laughs> I find weighty uh, and yeah. persuasive. The argument, not so much. Sure. I, I uh, like the idea of it. Uh, but I know how I would personally respond See, in in a conflict. Yeah, and so I just I just know like if if I wanted to try to make the argument for me to to be a Christian pacifist, <laughs> I know I would, I would shoot myself in the foot at the first opportunity. <laughs> You'd be a hypocrite. You're a bad. One. I would. I would. <laughs> a bad I, pacifist. Yeah. So yeah, doesn't doesn't work for me. Feisty. Yeah, I think there's a place for discipline. And the minute you say that, yeah. then yep. um, you know there are all types of. Um, Details that need to be nuanced there, but... And I want to be clear, I'm talking about, like, serious conflict. Aggression, right. I'm talking about Attacks. someone's in, in danger right. type of situation. Self-defense issues. Well, and there's yes. different kinds of passive. And there so, is. There's different so levels of it. Personal defense passive, you know, like, yeah. I would just, you know, lay down and not act and respond violently. And then there's global, right. you, know, you know, yeah. well, I would defend my home, but I I don't believe in you know, going to war, I wouldn't serve, you right. know, there's all sorts right. of different types yep. of pacifism. Yeah. So. I'm just, there's a place for you at the pacifism table. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm sure someone would allow you to sit at their table. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up the Jesus with a whip example. Cause I feel like that example does get brought up a lot mm-hmm. to endorse a more physical aggression and it's like, and it's like one, it's like the only instance in all the scriptures we have about Jesus where that's, yeah. And, and, and like he you wasn't, said, it, he wasn't attacking because they right. disagreed with him politically or something, well, right, which is right. what this question is about. I mean, right. they were clearly in violation of the law. They knew it and yeah. they acted right. <laughs> defiantly. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, John Brown, of John Brown's raid. Yeah, a radical abolitionist against slavery. Yeah, he was a preacher. Harper's Ferry. Yeah, he West was a, Virginia. He was a preacher, and he he took a sword to to slave owners hmm. in the name of Christ. Yeah, <laughs> so it's hard. 
yeah, I, this I, is a hard I, conversation. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that biblically. I think, you yeah. know, but he would have been in the camp of, well, Christ picked up a whip and right. and disciplined um, those in the temple. There's a lot of people who have acted violently and used in the name of Christ. In, in, use the name of Christ, yeah. and rarely have those things played out to be helpful, helpful, right. true, yeah. um, actual. <laughs> yeah, Christ's own behavior in the face of crucifixion is the model for right. Christians. That's how the kingdom advances through self-sacrifice, laying our lives down for one another, turning the other cheek. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, how do we fight the good fight without offending, especially in this polarized culture? Yeah, this would be good to talk through. Um, my, my only real response is 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. We just have to practice and get better and better at gentleness and respect. So let me read it for us. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. So note that Peter talks about, let's start with our hearts and the conditions of our heart. Make sure that we're revering Christ as Lord in our hearts. Then he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So that's how we're going to interact with others, that particularly those whom, with whom we're disagreeing. We're going to offer them gentleness. We're going to offer them respect. And he says, keeping a clear conscience. Don't do anything, other, in other words, that would plague your conscience in your behavior, like uh, potentially you know, attacking people. He says, but keep a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, they're attacking you, speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. They're going to see once and for all that, no, he's actually uh, godly or he or she's actually godly. So I don't know what to say to this other than we've got to get better at civil discourse. We've got to oh, be, get yeah. better at gentleness and respect. Mm -hmm. I'm reading a book you recommended to me right now. I keep telling everybody about it. The Coddling of the American Mind. I'm late to the game. This thing is, this yeah. book was out in. I've been reading it too. Oh, man. It should be required reading, you said, right? Yeah, we I mean, agree. it will. I, brought, it, it will, I bought copies for my children. It will encourage you in some things that you know and believe, yeah. and it will push you in some things that you don't want to know <laughs> and believe. <laughs> it's not a Christian book, but it's an evaluation of and a Social culture. Trend. Yeah. And where we've got ourselves, and it focuses a little bit on higher education, but it gets into parenting, it gets into yeah. safetyism, and I mean, it's and it's research based. It's really well done, and um, but man, it, it has a a lot to say about social discourse and how in in so many parts of our you know of our world, if you feel threatened, then a threat must have happened. It's like, no, not necessarily. Just because you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean that you need to respond as though you're being threatened. Right. So it's this idea that everything goes from, it's like it goes from zero to a hundred immediately. Yeah. And there's no opportunity to, to wrestle with issues, to talk civilly and respectfully. And we get this question a lot, right? Like, how do I stand up for what I believe in yeah. a culture that's so anti- you know, how do I fight? How do I argue? How do I, yeah. and it's really difficult because everything we see is so emotional. Charged. And like, Polarizing. Yeah. And, um, well, and now the act of arguing has been elevated to the act of war. 
Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I'm obviously overemphasizing, but like, it, that's what it feels me, like. You're mean. Exactly. And so, but wait a minute, we're supposed to be loving. We're Christians. So now I can't argue like mm. it, you know, he does this whole thing. Are you in the section of the book about words and violence? Oh yeah. 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 I, Fascinating been, yep. how it's, yeah, it's, it's how the, it's he, changed in our modern culture that just, yeah, everybody wants a safe space just because it, well, yeah. And just because, you know, it made you, they said this word and that now means it's the same as if they would have stabbed me. It's like, no, 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 no. It's right. not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. No. And, and just that whole trend of, anyway, I don't give too much of the book. Well, I'd highly recommend a, it. It's, I think it's there's a, great a book read. to be written, The Coddling of the American Church. Yeah. I, I'm not saying... You know that I'm. You're not supposed one. to give away your ideas well, unless so you've copy- I'm not you, ca- to write you copyrighted it. the title yeah, already. No, you got a website out there. The coddling of the American <laughs> Church. But yeah, go ahead, no, please. No. Oh, please. Well, I was just going to say this is making me think about again having my brother and Jamie, my sister-in-law. They come to church on Sunday, and how I already said I was worried mm-hmm. that they were going to be offended in some way yeah. because it's just different, and I. I have to give credit to them in this, in the, um, from the perspective that they came open-minded. And I think that's a good example and demonstration yeah. of people who Absolutely. look, you know, you, you fall on different parts of d- discussions on everything. I mean, yeah. politically, spiritually, you know, anything Na- name the topic. And it's funny how a lot of times we have similar values, but how we get there come from totally different directions. And, um, and I would say similar values. There's definitely some differences at the core, (laughs) but, um, to their credit, they still came. And so, um, and they're very much interested in in engaging conversation with us. So, um, how, I mean, how cool that a non-Christian couple comes to a, into a Christian space Mm -hmm open-minded, mm-hmm. willing to listen, willing to learn without all their right. guards up. I mean, I met both of them. They were really yeah, welcoming, kind, people. and yeah. thankful that yeah. they were here. Yeah. And and um, I think your sister-in-law said, wow, that was really great. Oh, my favorite part <laughs> is when she amened. She's <laughs> 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 like, she just amened. Okay, it's awesome. <laughs> but, and it just, it, that, you bring it her. We can do some more of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it makes me think of am I a Christian that would be willing to go into a non-Christian space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. still exactly. holding on to what I believe exactly. yes, and, and not, not sacrificing my right. faith or my, you know, my pursuit of righteousness, but willing to listen, yeah. willing to engage, willing, I think, um, I tell my, my kids, uh, we have nothing to fear of the truth. Let's, yeah. let's find out what the truth is. In yeah. any given situation, because truth sets us free yeah. and we know who the truth is. It's a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was my my point. You said it so well, John. That they demonstrated to me what it looks like yeah, like, to be op- open minded or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, gentle, and, yeah. gentle and respectful. It, exactly. And and one of the neatest parts of the whole story is that the day before, my sister and I were in law and I were having a conversation about how she literally is feeling like she's lost her purpose, and she was you know, sweet and vulnerable and trusting in me, um, to share this and then to sit at church the next morning and Kelly so articulately and specifically say, are you looking for your purpose in life? I was like, Oh (laughs) my gosh, like you can't make this up. And so 
putting my own fears and insecurities aside and trusting the work of the spirit to be present and do something in their life was really just a good reminder. So they, they were the example of what it looks like to enter into conversations that are different. And then the, the spirit does his thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So. Yeah. It's like we have to be extra, extra kind before we have a debate or an argument. Like we have to say things now, like, Dude, I will, to- I will, for the next three or four minutes, I will not say a word and listen to your entire point of view. Will you then do that for me? Yeah. I, like, you know, you'd have to, <laughs> it's so it's difficult. In, it is really difficult. And it's, it's interesting too, that, um, you used to think you, uh, used to have the benefit of the doubt and you used to give people the benefit mm. of the doubt a lot yeah. more easily, readily. You kind of assumed people's best or like they generally well, we, were, we were more at ease with each other yeah or culturally. they they generally thought of the world like you do not necessarily specific right. i'm not you know but just like and i think actually that's still true mm. right. but we have our interactions now with other people we come to it differently and they come to it differently or people are just Does that makes we're on sense? guard we're edgier yeah. Edgier yeah, we, on guard, yeah. feeling we're, uh, we're defensive, feeling that the, you know, things are going to be removed, taken. And I mean, some, there's some reason for that that's based on reality, but there's also probably um, well, some inflated a, sense of needing to defend. There are some good reasons sure. that the American population is on edge. Sure. COVID was not easy, yeah. but it's really a great opportunity for Christians to demonstrate resurrection power, despite the difficulties of the last few years, I think of the election and uh, the fracturing of the American public through politics, despite the difficulties of the last few years, there's a great opportunity for us to walk into public squares, public sectors, with great confidence that Christ is raised. And let our demeanor, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Mm -hmm. I was talking with... uh Somebody that I made was Carrie, and I, I was like, I just feel like this. Co- there's this like collective anger, and everybody's angry at each other, or like these certain factions, and they're all like, if we could just keep the anger, but let's all work together to focus on something we all hate, mm. like child slavery. <laughs> like, right. Can we all? Yeah. What can we? Like, we need a rallying point culturally or well, something. We need to be honest with ourselves. It's it's not uncommon. For people to wish for a war or something right. to unify. Well, there's a whole lot of writing on yeah. the use of war for you know to rally politically and things like that. Yeah, sure. so you know it's just there. There doesn't seem to be a collective thing that we're yeah. we're going after. <laughs> and I think, of course, I'm just speaking of this. My opinion. Um, it would be a mistake, in my view, to pin an event or even a pandemic as a cause. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, this is where we were headed. Some of these events just lit the match and poured oh, gasoline oh, to- on I get what you're saying. Yeah. Totally like, agree, Matt. But yes. hopefully we don't come to a place where we just say, oh, this person's in office, so, so, so that's what happened. Or we had a pandemic, so now we're like this. It's like, no, we're, we may be worse <laughs> off because of those things right. to an extent or whatever. Right. But, like, this, this is who we are as a people. Yeah, the fractions are in our... The um, 
the division in the American population existed in the stressors of inflation and COVID and, and whatnot, just revealed them, escalated yep. it. Yep. And revealed it more quickly. Exactly. So it, let me just, because it's a passion point state, this is where the church can really enter in. The church can enter in. We can do this with gentleness and respect. We can learn civil discourse. And it really starts with one another. Can we be gentle and respectful to one another as believers? Can we, uh, John was saying, can we assume the best, think of the best when we're with each other and, and forgive? And then and we take that out into the public sector. And with a confidence that Christ is raised, we can treat people kindly. All right, let's go to question four. If courage and cowardice are both contagious, why would a courageous person spend time with a coward? It's a great question. I did better in first service talking about this than I did in second service. The short answer is a, a courageous person would, would take time to care for a person struggling with cowardice. That is a faint-hearted person, to use Moses' words, a fearful person. And sometimes we all get stuck in those seasons where we're, we're feeling fearful and faint-hearted. Uh, but a, a courageous person would do that to serve them. That's who Christ is. Christ came to the earth. Uh, uh, a globe full of faint-hearted and fearful people, the man of courage came to us to care for us. And so we image Christ when we move towards the faint-hearted and the fearful. What I was trying to say, and did better first service than in second service, I said that if you're afraid, if you're struggling with fear for whatever reason, if you're faint-hearted, you're not fighting the good fight, you're living passive, you may need to change friends. It's true, birds of feather flock together. Uh, you, you could be surrounded by people who are fueling your cowardice, your, your passivity. So you may need to change friends. You want to find some courageous folks to hang out with, some people that are kicking in the gates of hell, some people that are learning to sacrifice and uh, going the extra mile and turning the other cheek. But at the same time, a part of being courageous, what you'll find in really courageous groups is that they're offering help to those who are struggling with fear and faint-heartedness. You'll find among the courage, uh, the courageous, a handout. They're reaching out to people and saying, come on, come be a part of this. Uh, we can do this. Let's run faster and harder. Let's, let's pursue Christ. So, yeah, it, it, we would do it. A courageous person would reach out to someone who's faint-hearted because that's who Christ is. All right, let's go to the last one. Alex did a great job this morning in the communion reflection. I hear that Poplar Creek does communion weekly. Might GEBC do likewise? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday, but probably not. <laughs> so, you know, just theologically, there's no particular number given to the, to the how, how often we're to observe communion just in the New Testament. Uh, so each church is empowered to decide for themselves how often they observe communion. We have, since I have been here, done it once a month. I think it's beautiful and great that Poplar Creek does it weekly. So theologically, there's no real driver to go to weekly. Philosophically, uh, I prefer monthly because it avoids trivializing communion, um, meaning we can give more attention to it time to it. There's a devotional around it. We ask someone to share. Uh, at Poplar Creek, while it's beautiful, it is a small part of the service that comes right at the end. And if we're not careful, doing it weekly uh, reduces the moment 
to some, it can be more trivial. I'm not saying it is, but it could be. And then just practically, we have two services. They have one. And they're, how long, John, how long are their services? Their services are a little longer than ours. Close 75 to, Yeah, close to sometimes an hour and a half, depending yeah. on. Yeah. They have, because they only have one service, they have greater freedom, flexibility. We have to get in, get out. Otherwise, you know, children's ministry, it gets difficult. And so just practically, it's not, it's not on the front burner right now. I, I'll be honest with you, Lord willing, Poplar Creek will go to two services in the next couple of years, and they're going to have to wrestle with how to get that done. Yeah, and I would say too, if you're if you're listening and you're from Poplar Creek, <laughs> there's no. I mean, and maybe you're wondering if you're at Glen Ellen Bible Church, they're going to continue to to do this weekly. There's yeah. no no yeah, plan there's to no change prohibition right. to change that. It's a beautiful part of their community right yeah. now. Yep. But there, there'll be some constraints. If they get to go to two services because of attendance, there'll be, there are time constraints, just culturally. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Although they do have a parking lot. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I mean, you the parking park, lot for us is, you know, is you an issue. You could a thousand cars. To do two services <laughs> and, you know, yeah. like bringing. Yeah, it's crazy, the space that they got. Good question. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate to text the next level podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining us, and thank you listeners for tuning in to the next level. Boom! Prophecy.